0: anywhere from 10.3 to 13.4 at legacy carriers and cargo. Or if you include all the majors, that's going to be $9.7 million. That's a lot in terms of career earnings. That's before you do any financial planning. That's the value of your career for you to stay healthy, for you to show up and fly
1: the airplane. You're listening to the Pilot Money Podcast, the show dedicated to guiding professional pilots towards a future of financial success and stability. Fly along with your host, Timothy P. Pope, as he provides financial planning insights and answers to your burning questions and dives into real-life stories from fellow pilots who share their successes and cautionary tales. The Pilot Money Podcast takes off now.
0: Welcome to the Pilot Money Podcast. My name is Timothy P. Pope, certified financial planner specializing in the financial planning needs of the professional pilot. Today, we've got a solo episode. We're going to talk about three things that you can do to maximize this awesome opportunity that you have as a professional pilot. In the last episode, we talked to Kit Darby from kitdarby.com. He is the leading authority on airline pilot compensation. If you haven't listened to that episode, Go back and listen to it. You won't have far to search. It's episode two, and what you're listening to now is episode three. So, when recalling our conversation last time with Kid Darby, if you took nothing else from that conversation, take this away. As an airline pilot, you have a tremendous opportunity in terms of career value, which looks at your career earnings and also your 401k contributions. A pilot with 25 years left in the game, At a major airline with today's contract values will average a lifetime career earnings of 9.7 million. So, Kit and I talked about that, and he has a chart that shows the years of service and total compensation. So, that's 9.7 million. That's a lot of money, but that includes some low cost carriers. If we adjust and we look at pilots that are at the legacy passenger carriers and also include FedEx and UPS, that's gonna range anywhere from 10.3 million. To 13.4 million. Now, that's with today's contract values. That does not include potential increases in the future when contracts are renegotiated, nor does it include any pauses in earnings due to disruptions of the aviation industry. Okay, so I think both of those are important to know. However, anywhere from 10.3 to 13.4 at legacy carriers and cargo, or if you include all the majors, that's gonna be $9.7 million. That's a lot in terms of career earnings, okay? That's before you do any financial planning. That's the value of your career for you to stay healthy, for you to show up and fly the airplane. So today, we're going to talk about three things that you can do to really capitalize on the opportunity that you have as a professional pilot. So tip number one is track your cash. Track the money that's coming into your bank account and track the money that's going out. And periodically, you're going to need to track what that money is being spent on. If you are not tracking how much money you're spending and what you're spending it on, chances are that you're probably spending way more than you think. And I am willing to go to bat for that. Now, here's the thing. Here's the caveat. If you are meeting all of your financial goals and you're saving and investing towards them and you're on a good trajectory to achieve or exceed them, and if you also have flexibility, In case there's an emergency and you're not carrying any unnecessary debt, then by all means, have at it. You probably don't have to track as closely as somebody else who is not in that condition. But if you are not on track to meet your financial goals, maybe you're finding it hard to save or invest, and maybe you don't have the flexibility in case there's an emergency, then stop what you're doing and start tracking the money that you're spending. And here's the trap that I sometimes see folks run into. They say, well, Tim, I don't have a budget, but I put everything on the credit card and I pay it off at the end of the month, and so I'm not paying any interest to the credit card company. So in that regard, I can afford everything that I'm buying. What's being unaddressed is the fact that if you are not on track to meet your future goals, then you really can't afford everything that you're spending on right now. Because you're sacrificing your future success in order to have the things that you currently have. And so when most people understand that, they say, hey, okay, you know what? I'm ready to make some changes. What we have found in our practice is that clients who track their cash are in a much better position to make informed financial decisions and typically have more satisfaction after having made those decisions because there's no surprises. You know, there's no unintended consequences. So step number one, track your cash. Step number two, use a system that works for you. The whole point of developing a budget is for you to learn from it. The point is not to enter some period of austerity to you know, pinch every penny and not spend any money and not enjoy yourself. That's not the point of a budget, unless that's required for you for a moment, for you to get on your feet, and then you move on and you spread your wings. But the real point is, is to use the information that you collect about your spending habits and you want to use that information to pursue whatever financial goals that you have. So there are so many budgeting apps out there and we've seen it all. We've seen the apps, we've seen Excel spreadsheets, we've seen the expense trackers that you can buy through Excel. We've seen handwritten worksheets. All right, the financial planning tools that we use have expense tracking capabilities. So there's a lot of options to choose from. Now, I haven't found one that's perfect, so my advice is to use whatever means and method that works for you and that gets the job done. Now, I know for myself, I like to use an Excel spreadsheet for my family. I like to put the numbers in and project them out month by month, and it shows the variations which months are going to have heavier expenses and which months are going to be lighter on expenses. Some of our life insurance premiums are annual. Some of them are quarterly. My airplane renter's insurance is annual. My car insurance is semi-annual. We homeschool our kids. So typically at the end of the summer, we're buying the curriculum for next year and the books and all the things to make the classroom at home ready for the next year. I've also noticed for our family, we do a lot of activities in the fall. I think here in Charlotte, the weather gets really nice in September, October, November. We do a lot of things. That means we end up spending more money. So for the Excel, I could look at that and I can say, okay, which months am I going to have more of a surplus? Which months are things going to be tighter? And then I can make decisions accordingly. So if we have large expenses, we're going to plan to put them where we have more surplus. If you don't like the Excel, you can also use the automated budgeting apps. And I expect these to get more impressive as AI continues to develop. But what you do Is you link the credit cards that you use, you make sure that the categories are things that you are are actually going to use right in your life, and then you teach the machine a little bit to recognize the specific transactions. So there's a little front-end work there. So hey, this is the mortgage payment, this is insurance, this is eating out, this is where we buy our groceries, and so on. Once you teach the machine that, it will start to automatically code those transactions in the future as you spend. And so it's really good at taking out the manual labor out of updating your current expenses. And after you've used the budget app for a while, then it can start to provide you some trending data. So the whole point here is to use something that's going to work for you. If you make it too difficult on yourself, you may quit before it serves its purpose of providing the useful information that we're looking for. We see that clients that are new to tracking their expenses when they start a lot of the times they immediately start to identify things that they can cut right away. And again, the point is to learn about your spending habits. Now, be my guess, if you've discovered a subscription that you haven't used in two years, sure, you know, let's go ahead and cut that out. But we want to become educated about your spending patterns and then make informed decisions on which items have served their useful life for you and where you're going to redirect your cash flow in a different area to support your goals. So the other thing that you want to think about is the amount of time that you spend with your budget is going to vary depending on where you are in your financial journey. If this is new to you or spending has been a struggle, you'll likely spend more time on it in the beginning. If you're established on the track to meet and exceed your financial goals, you'll probably spend less time with the day-to-day expenses. And that, by the way, is the goal for everybody. It's for everybody to spend less time on their day-to-day expenses but for them to be well-established on a track that is gonna see them meet and exceed their financial goals. The third thing that you can do to capitalize on this opportunity that you have as a professional pilot is to take advantage of the large amounts of money that you can put into a qualified investment account. So let's just run through the 2024 contribution limits to some of the most popular accounts. Let's start with the 401k, okay? So in 2024, if you're under the age of 50, you can put $23,000 inside of your 401k. This would be money that you're choosing not to receive in your paycheck, and instead, you're going to put it into your retirement account. This does not include the employer contributions that uh, a lot of the majors are doing for you. If you're 50 and older, you can add an additional $7,500 on top of the 23. So together, that's $30,500 that you can put inside of the 401k. And we're not even talking about any 401ks that accept after-tax dollars. So $30,500, that's a lot of money. Take advantage of that. Let's talk about the Roth IRA and the IRAs. I usually don't spend a lot of time talking about a regular IRA Because for most pilots, even from the regional levels on up, if you are covered by a 401k, in the huge majority of circumstances, there's not a tax benefit for making a contribution to a regular IRA. The income precludes you from taking that as a tax deduction. And we won't get into the numbers here, but you can just go check before you make that contribution. So a lot of my time is spent on the Roth IRA because there's a lot more benefit there just because of the amount of people that can contribute. So those contribution limits are $7,000 in 2024. You also have a catch-up contribution if you're age 50 of a thousand bucks, so 50 or older. So that's $8,000 if you're 50 or older that you can put into an IRA or a Roth IRA. Now with the Roth IRA, I will put a word of caution out there. There is an income limit that you may run into most professional pilots, before too long, run into it. And it's, If you're filing your taxes and you, your tax filing status is married filing jointly, you can make $230,000 and less, and you can still make a full contribution directly to a Roth. Once you hit $230,000 in modified adjusted gross income, your ability starts to contribute to a, a Roth, uh, starts to taper down. And then after your income exceeds $240,000, you are not able to contribute directly to a Roth. Okay, If you're single, then that modified adjusted gross income is $146,000 and less, you're able to make a full contribution to a Roth IRA. And then after $161,000, you're not able to contribute to a Roth directly. So you want to keep that in mind. We're going to have a, another episode where we talk about those income limits, how they impact you and what to do about it if you find yourself running into them. So moving on from the Roth and the regular IRA, we have the simple IRA and the simple 401k. You will most likely run into a simple plan if you're a professional pilot working for a small operator, maybe a part 91 kind of thing. These are going to be employers that have smaller retirement plans. Your maximum contribution is going to be $16,000. And if you're age 50 or older, you can put in another $3,500 on top of that. So for a total contribution of 19500 to grow in your simple accounts, still, that's a good chunk of change there. The last retirement account we're going to talk about is the SEP. So this is for your self-employed pilots who do contract work. Your maximum contribution that you can put into a SEP in 2024 is $69,000. You'll notice a couple of things. This one is way more than the other contribution limits that I've provided, but you also notice there's no catch-up contribution. So the thing with the SEP account is that it's limited to 25% of your self-employment income, and all of the contributions are made, air quotes, from employer contributions. So when you're self-employed, a lot of times you wear both the employer hat and the employee hat. Well, in order to contribute to this account, it's all going to come from the employer bucket. The last account that I want to mention here in the 2024 limits is the health savings account. So this is going to be a savings account that's connected to your health insurance, and it's also going to be one that you have to qualify for, okay? So you're going to have to be enrolled in a high-deductible health plan, and you're also not able to have any other health coverage when you're participating in the HSA. With some variations, you can have a a limited-purpose FSA. By far and large, you're not able to have any other health coverage. So this sometimes comes up when you retire from the military you have TRICARE, but also you might have some other coverage, maybe from your spouse or what have you, That in that scenario, it would preclude you from participating in the HSA. So the maximum contributions for folks with the high-deductible health plan that have family coverage in 2024 is $8,300, and if you have a single coverage, it's $4,150, $4,150, bucks. So again, these are dollars that uh, lower your taxable income. They grow tax-free, and then when you pull them out in the account for qualified medical expenses, you don't pay any taxes on the earnings. So we love the HSA if it makes sense for your family. Now, if you're age 55 or older, you could have a catch-up contribution in the HSA of an additional thousand bucks. So either 5150 if you're single and 55 or older, or 9,300. So. Across these accounts types that we mentioned, the maximums are relatively high, especially if you start putting a couple of these accounts together, some of the IRAs and the 401ks or the 401ks and the house savings accounts, you could start to squirrel away a large amount of cash into a qualified investment account. So tip number three to really just take advantage of the opportunity that you have as a professional pilot is to go ahead, use these accounts to your advantage. Load them up where you can, where it makes sense, and where it supports your financial goals. That brings us to the analysis section. So the three things that I want you to think about from today's episode. Number one, know where your cash is going. Track your spending and review it periodically. If you're not uh, into using the spreadsheets, use a budgeting app to make it easier. There's no perfect solution. Just pick something that works for you. And I'll repeat this because I believe it and I see it all the time. If you're not tracking how much you spend, you're probably spending way more than you think. Point number two that i like you to think about is make sure your money is supporting what you want, okay? We live in a world where everyone is vying for your attention and your dollars. Everyone wants to sell you some new thing or some new subscription. And if you're not careful, you'll end up doling out cash for all of these items with no money left over to support the things that you really want. So if it's important for you to buy a property at the lake at some point, or to own an airplane, that's awesome. That's great. But are your dollars supporting you? How are your dollars supporting you? Are you saving for the down payment? Are you tackling some unnecessary debt first so you can save for that down payment? Maybe you want to get on a good track towards retirement first before you begin to work on the secondary goals. All of those things are good. But what we find is when you're being intentional about how your money is supporting you and you're really clear about what you want, making those choices will become easier for you. And the third thing that I want you to think about is pay yourself first. We went over the 2024 maximum contribution limits across retirement accounts. You can save a good chunk of change in these accounts and it's so easy to automate these savings. Once you start It becomes part of your monthly cash flow, and before long, you won't miss the cash. Meanwhile, your building balances and your investments have an opportunity to grow in a tax advantage way for you. So, the three things that I want you to think about is know where your cash is going, make sure your money is supporting what you want, and pay yourself first. Thank you for joining this episode of the Pilot Money Podcast. If you found this information helpful, spread the word and share it with a pilot buddy. Or if you have questions and there's something that you would like to hear discussed on the show, send us an email at pilotmoneypodcast at ceterrainvestors.com. That's C-E-T-E-R-A-investors.com. For those of you who are ready to learn how we help professional pilots with their financial planning needs, schedule an appointment. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, keep the shiny side up and we'll see you on the next episode.
1: Timothy Pope is a certified financial planner offering securities and insurance products offered through Satera Investment Services, LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Satera Investment Advisors, LLC. Tim's branch office is located at 5277 Center Drive, Suite 330, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28217. Branch phone number 704-717-8900. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and are not necessarily those of Cetera Investment Advisors. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information on the subjects covered. It is not, however, intended to provide specific legal, tax, or other professional advice. For specific professional assistance, the services of an appropriate professional should be sought.